to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Good day, listeners, and welcome to the Big Red Couch. Tonight on the couch, we have, in Merry England, Craig. And here in semi-tropical New Zealand is Ben. How's it going, Craig? It's going well. It is very cold, and apparently there is a Kickstarter to try to make a bell ring happening in England. How Pavlovian. Ooh, nice. Hadn't thought of that one. <laughs> yes, that's a, it's a whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't really even know how to unpack a Kickstarter to make a bell ring to commemorate or mark or toll the death knell of... The, the change in relationship between the UK and the EU. There's just so many layers to it, like, like an onion that's had a teleporter accident. What, what you need to do is to come up with a needlessly alliterative slogan referencing a unit of currency that hasn't been in common use for 50 years, and uh, bung a bob for a big Ben Bong, I think, is the only rational, uh, for a given value of rational, option. I have seen people suggesting that we should instead, they should instead take the money and use it to turn the bell into an enormous bomb. <laughs> that's, that's an out-of-the-box uh, solution. I like it. Mm. I, I, was quite, quite, yeah, I was quite pleased when I read that one. Uh, there was also a radio, um, radio presenter who suggested that all of the people who were madly and mindlessly keen on the entire process should, at the appropriate time, step outside their doors and belt themselves over the head with a frying pan to achieve roughly the same effect, noise-wise. At least locally. I'm yeah. sure the, uh, it won't be as, as quite as, you know, it won't ring quite as far north and so forth as, as it, it might have otherwise. <laughs> Wait, I, I, it, I'm kind of liking the idea the more I think of it, because it means in the areas that were more keen on the process, the sound will be better. And at the areas where they are not keen on the process, they won't have to hear it at all. As opposed to making the actual bell ring where everybody in the vicinity is going to hear it whether they really were interested or not. Indeed, indeed. It does have kind of a ring of triumphalism as well, so... But the uh, kick-starting, commemorating your uh, nation's Descent changes... Descent third world dystopia. Sorry, sorry. My problem, I'll deal with it. Let's be fair. Everywhere, provided you're the right sort of person, is doing that right now. It's just They're just accelerating it locally. That's fair. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, on this, on this uh, merry eve, you might have noticed an increase in the, the, the exciting traffic noises, because it is now morning on Craig's side, but it's usually evening, because we have mixed things up. Some scandalmonger told me that Craig has some sort of social life this week, so go figure. I, I went I went to watch an Italian blues band. Italian blues band. Okay. Yes, an Italian band. Oh, before before it becomes illegal, I understand, right. Yes. Or you go yes. you go to attend some sort of speakeasy. It did kind of have that vibe, but it was in fact just a community arts centre. <laughs> oh, there won't be any of that either. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yes, art is frivolous. <laughs> um, music leads to dancing and fornication. Uh, where, where, where am I going with this? Is, is anyone... uh, you've picked up. You picked up a vibe of a movie I saw last night, where somebody stated there are no serial killers in the Soviet Union. That is a problem isolated to the decadent West. That's very, very passionate. I, I liked it. <laughs> okay. This was the Chirelli brothers, who are Chicago blues enthusiasts from Italy, and had a band. The somewhat weird thing, looking at them on stage, is that of the four people in the band, they looked like they had come from three completely different eras of music. Nice. Because you had somebody who was sort of straight out of southern rock or southern blues you had two guys who looked like they'd escaped from various 70s prog rock bands like the the, the drummer looked to be straight out of Procol Harum and then the bassist may in fact be moonlighting for Imagine Dragons interesting hmm. 
I hope they were as sonically eclec- as sonically eclectic as they were in their attire. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Pretty cool. Alrighty. So on this uh, crazy mixed up eve, we have a late entry to our previous poll, which I should have predicted was going to be picked. We're putting it simpler just to put it in. The phrase, I know there was something I was supposed to do, but I can't remember what it was. Technically submitted by Craig. I feel partially responsible. (laughs) For something you're entirely responsible for? I guess that's fair. I am magnanimously waving away large chunks of the responsibility so that other people can have some. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Very thoughtful. I'm nice like that. (laughs) Awesome. And we've had a... Excellent turnout from listeners' ideas on the MeWe forum, so we'll have plenty to talk about there. We might even have some ideas of our own. Only if we get truly desperate. Indeed, indeed. I mean, let, let's not let's not be rash. Indeed. <laughs> All right, so how do, how do we want to attack this? Should we, should we go through our alleged ideas first and then move on to, as it were, the... Um, I am not going to go with what I was originally going to go with. Uh, the... <laughs> the, the the flakes of gold from the, the pan of gravel. Um, to be fair, there are like like two lumps of gold because we haven't been trying that hard. The, <laughs> the gravel's pretty shallow in these parts, so... <laughs> True, yeah. Um, yes, I, un- unusually for me, I only have like one idea and one take on it, which feels well, like I'm not putting in effort, really. Well... Shall we start with one of our, our audience contributions just to kick that off? Why not? And then we'll see where we go from there. We have one from John Rhea. John writes, You and your fellow PCs are modern day folks, working at various jobs, and as far as you can tell, are known to each other, even though you work in the same city. But one day, you wake up fully clothed in bed with a headache. You remember going to bed in your pyjamas, but now you're fully dressed in your puttering around clothes. You take a shower, change clothes, and as you listen to the morning news, they mention a major disturbance in the south part of town. Yeah, Seneca Street. And you realise that you know where the disturbance was, even though the report doesn't mention the street. A building was damaged, two cars ripped apart, and there were signs of a massive battle between two groups. The police were investigating. As you walk to work, you pass another person and you instantly recognise each other, even though this is the first time you've met. This is a game of rebuilding memories. Much like other games where you play an amnesiac trying to find out who they are, you and your fellow players are trying to figure out what happened that night, and if it's going to happen again. And the GM is free to have another interesting night happen for everyone. Interesting. I'm immediately reminded of Siren, but... Yeah. Yeah. I think that the the game of reconstructing yourself is... Cars being ripped apart, it suggests also some sort of terrifying telekinetic superpowers going on. But yeah, situating it rather than a flight from the authorities, possibly a... I don't know, I've never got around to seeing Memento, but I understand it's fairly interesting that the idea of trying to find clues as to what happened, the way you would structure a structure a game where you investigate these sort of breadcrumb trails. Hmm. I, thinking about it, I can kind of see two approaches, that either the GM knows what happened and so this is sort of your detective story or i feel slightly more interestingly the gm kind of knows the layout of the land but we're all finding out what happened together yep i know you've you've had uh issues with mystery games in the past where people have decided that they were they were making up the thing as they went along that was just in as much as their characters were 100% delusional as to what the evidence they were presented with. I have not had a good run with mystery games. It is true. Or indeed, investigation games, to, to be honest. They work best when they're flexible. Mm. If, when, when people start forging in a certain direction, and they're doing things that make sense, that would find stuff, they, they put that energy into the universe... And while I do not believe that is the way things work at all in real life, narratively, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it certainly makes it a lot easier than what I was trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't for a moment think it's the best approach, but what came to mind when looking at this, weirdly enough, was the party-building, character-relationship-building bits out of the game Masks. Hmm, actually, yeah. That's... 
I was I was already thinking of the idea of their or like a a secret superhero supervillain rivalry, but it's almost like the the old um, I think it was the Warner Brother cartoons where the the um, the fox and the sheep hound would clock in in the oh, morning yeah. amicably, and then suddenly it, it it's all on, and then break for lunch, yeah. even if it was in the middle of a fight, and like share sandwiches. <laughs> Yeah, Are you finished yeah. with the sports section. Yeah, that vague. I mean, that that may work better as a organic outcome of the the scenario. But mm. the idea of uh, you couldn't you couldn't use I think masks straight out, but mm. you have something where as you discover stuff, you get to decide. Okay, who who in this party is is somebody? Uh, you know, how do my relationships with the rest of the party work? Do I have superpowers? And I guess to a certain extent, am I the villain? Hmm. It might be interesting in this circumstance to have a randomised element, but rather than you roll for, you know, whether you've got flight and pyrokinetic powers, is that, well, we know that, that someone punched a hole in the wall. Who did that? How did they? So you use kind of the forensic evidence to create, the mm. to, to attach to the characters and so forth. So yeah. maybe that's a, that's a way of, rather than, you know, just... Like the old superhero squadron game, rolling your rolling up your unemployed god, um, <laughs> which more and more appealing. The, the further I, I retreat from the initial reaction of like, "Ha, ah, those are silly things!" To wow, that could be a really interesting character. <laughs> yeah. and I mean, on the subject of uh, rolling up your unemployed god, there is always the game part time gods, which is mm. oh, actually, depending on how you wanted to go, part time gods. Not from a system point of view, to my incredibly limited understanding of that system, but from a setting point of view, something like that would make a fantastic sort of starter scenario. Yeah, for it's, that kind of game. Certainly, if it was if it was a world that looked, for all intents and purposes, like it had superheroes and supervillains in it, but it was actually more like. A Voodoo lower or something like that. People are possessed by the power of science and and have to do things um, mm. and wind up, you know, stuck up trees or um, with you know throbbing headaches and, and, and on a park bench somewhere, realizing that you know lying on stacks of money, realizing, oh no, I've been possessed by a creepy cartoon mask. No, wait, that was that Jim Carrey movie. Yeah, uh, if it was more of an ecology. Mm. These kind of these almost these like this this pantomimes playing out the forces of good and evil, which is some intrinsic part of the way this uh, the society works. That would be a bit weird, though. So Never stopped us before. True, true. It's a it's a stretch, but cool. Yeah, I I do like the develop it organically approach. If only because it means that as a GM, you don't have to do jack shit for preparation. No, you have, you have to have a facility with the systems and be mm. able to explain them directly and, and simply to to folks. That was that would be the, the pre-work. It means that you can repeat that quite frequently and the, the players will provide your content, for mm. sure. And that is magnificent because people get what they want and as far as I'm concerned, that is gold. I might not have mentioned I am playing in a online Blades of the Dark game and really enjoying blades the dark and the way that the systems work so it's probably going to start affecting a lot of the things that i discuss as we go forward but i really enjoyed the way that you had a, you had a character this character's pretty cool i might do these sorts of things but when you're thinking about doing things the character happens to be a leech and wow you're you're really really encouraged to do leechy things yeah, <laughs> while okay. you're uh, while while it while in play so there's, lot, there's lots of there's lots of incentive and there's lots of good flavor to um, play that sort of character. This is slightly different. This would be more attempting to find out where your character fitted in. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I kind of like the idea of going from this this almost forensic thing to say this is the situation. We, as slightly confused people, are going to see how we relate to it because we know we are somehow. And it's possible even the act of the these people electing to understand what's going on. And having a mechanic of, say, passing that sort of thing like game. It's it's almost like the scene from The Princess Bride where um, Prince Humperdinck is reconstructing the fight. Oh, yes. Yeah, so like, ah, 
ranged all over and so forth. It was like excitedly f- falling around in the in the footsteps. So yeah, that could be a that could be an interesting thing. It, there's some central mechanic I think that we that we'd have to figure out though. Mm. I do like the idea of you know, you're sort of laying out. Okay, a building is damaged. Two cars are ripped apart. Signs of a massive battle, but you leave it to the the characters to provide context. So, yeah, were the cars ripped apart because somebody grabbed one end in each hand and pulled? Were they ripped apart because the two ends of the car just couldn't stand to be that close to each other anymore? Hmm. Also, just a Blades in the Dark question. When you're talking about doing leechy things, are we talking constantly taking money from people, uh, sucking up energy, or you're a gigantic slug thing drinking their blood? Uh, none of the above. Uh, the oh. leech is no. the saboteur slash alchemist slash my particular one's leading towards ghost doctor. So leech in the sense of, yep, let's get some of that blood out of you. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly, certainly, lean, it, my one's definitely leaning that way. They can be straight up mechanics and so forth, but mine is, uh, yeah. Uh, correcting people that, that, no, sorry, my dear, the term is vivisection. Gotcha. Slightly <laughs> creepy. Gotcha. Okay, good to know. Good to know. All right. That's quite a fun one. I like that one. Thank you, John. Yes. So, this next one comes to us from Taz. Again, for the... I knew there was something I was supposed to do, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, And Taz writes, Just another microscope hack? The universe has been destroyed. The door was left open. It got accidentally unplugged. The failsafe wasn't that safe. You can save the finger pointing for later. As the current god scientists on call, you have all gathered together to restore it from backup. Unfortunately, the backup is corrupted. Go around the table and rebuild the universe, but also mention what you forgot or got wrong. Play out the results and determine if you keep this copy or start all over again. Nice. I'm not sure how you generate the initial damaged universe, but yeah, I really, really enjoy the notion that you're trying to choose what is... Yeah, you're taking this fragmentary sequence of events and trying to put them back together in the correct order. And maybe it will make sense, but it's more that finding out what you what you decide and what you uh, elect to do that. There was a, a simple a simple guard game. I don't recall its uh, name anymore, but literally it just had inventions on one side and the year they were invented on the other. Timeline. Yeah, that's that's the one. And you basically have like put one thing down. Okay, does that go to the left or the right? Easy. Sixth thing down. Does that go left or right or middle? Mm, might be harder. <laughs> yeah. Did we invent Morse code before or after the telegraph? This kind of thing. Uh, it, I believe it was the telegraph was first. I think the Morse code was a refinement that they they figured out afterwards. I I can't remember. I just remember that when I answered that question in a game of Timeline Inventions, I got it wrong. Yeah, I think it was the it's the uninsured one. They presumably had something... They presumably had... There was probably something else that they were sending. Heliograph, I suspect. Yeah, it was probably, yeah, it's probably a cut down. Something that works better with lights and flags than electrical impulses. So yeah, something like that would be interesting. I'm not sure how you would... Yeah, no, I like the idea. I'm not sure how you would build the damaged copy that's oh i mean to a certain extent the damaged copy is just gone broken cannot be recovered so you're basically sort of re effectively you're you're, you're recompiling from source as it were and mm. wow that was nerdy i am so sorry and you're taking the opportunity to make a couple of changes along the way possibly without actually putting it through design approval hmm yeah things like Okay, mammalian life was totally supposed to be photosynthetic, right? <laughs> or you know, jellyfish could fly. I'm pretty, jelly, I'm pretty sure jellyfish could fly, right? Yeah, that, that was a thing. Yeah. Okay, that one might have been World of Cinnabar. <laughs> it was the laser fire, firing jellyfish? And somebody's question of, are we really that worried about the laser firing jellyfish if they're underwater and we're on a boat? And the GM's response being, of course they can fly. Why would you bother having laser-firing jellyfish who cannot fly? It's a valid question. The entire context that question can be asked in is horrifying, but it's a valid question. Indeed. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that is quite a fun idea. And presumably the game lasts as long as you feel like 
tweaking stuff. I'm just trying to recall is that one of the reasons I remember timelines is you assemble microscope by putting in those bookend, you know, the, 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 the partitioning of errors and then playing out the sections that happen at, very, at certain places. Probably want to skip the inflationary epoch. Probably. Because I don't know about you, but my understanding of physics at that level is very non-existent. There were leptons or something. <laughs> was that slightly earlier? Yes. I, I thought that was like a macronutrient. No, that's leptin. Never mind. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, that's... I do want to play microscope at some point, just so that I can understand how it kind of works in anger. But hmm. that is quite a fun idea. Plus just the idea of, and the backup is corrupted. Of course it is. Or, you know, we'll recover it from source control. Oh, it's not in source control. Well, shit. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, an easy and seamless transition. What was your idea? Uh, <clears throat> well, this one... This one I have to start with my approach to the problem. Mm. Which begins in the 14th century. No, wait. Um, <laughs> it's just looking at the phrase, I knew there was something I was supposed to do, but I can't remember what it was. But in the context of the situation where it came up, which was me forgetting to post the poll, that, that makes sense. In the context of wrapping a game around it... My thought was, how do we ha- how, how do you have that phrase occur in a game and not have people say, yeah, who the hell cares? People forget things all the time. That is, mm. who, who gives a rap? Yeah, if if that sort of thing happens in fiction, it's always accompanied by pers- a person looking concerned and faintly confused and focusing on their face and like, oh, this is significant. This is this person has been affected by hypnotism or uh, have their timeline rearranged or something. Mm. So. Professor Dementor has been in action. Yeah, or this person is possibly becoming impaired. So, it, you know, there is a dramatic stakes involved at some, at some point. Indeed. And so I was trying to come up with the, the dramatic stakes. And what I came up with is this, that we have a setting in the future of our own. Ele- electronic and cybernetic implants, that kind of thing, are, are a possible thing. And this is, I am pitching, yeah, 100% as sort of a utopian setting, possibly fully automated, luxury, gay, space-going, communist utopia. Full-on, yeah, full-on, non-creepy, non-dystopian, utopian setting. As part of this, and as part of effectively the way that a a society can solve the problems of sort of doing those small social collateral tasks that kind of need to be done if you, you want to keep keep everybody happy and healthy and, and and well and engaged. But at the same time, if you had people to actually sort of employed to do them, actually eat up, eat up a shitload of resources. So, you know, you've got you've got the capacity to have drones deliver a hot meal or deliver a prescription or whatever. And in, in our current society, at least in various bits of the world, you've got sort of things like district health nurses going to visit infirm or injured or unwell people to sort of sort of change dressings, help them out, that sort of thing, but also as wellness checks. Hmm. And so my thought was, okay, supposing you've got a, a very well integrated system that has sort of sufficient inroads into people's lives and sufficient access to them to be able to to reasonably predict people's patterns of behaviour and movements. So when you've got things like Mrs. Jenkins, who lives on the say in the same building as apartment building as you, needs a prescription picked up. Um, your walk to work goes right past the pharmacy. It'll ping you with a little message saying, "Hey, are you willing to pick this up on your way home? All you need to do is put it in her mailbox." It's basically the sort of tasks that take almost no time out of your day, but will free up kind of medical resources and care resources for things that actually require specialist knowledge. Hmm. And depending on how you do it, perhaps the entire thing works on some sort of plus and minus system. So, you know, you do a bunch of favors for people, the system realizes that you're in credit, uh, you take the piss, the, the, um, the, the system will say, actually, you know what, deal with your own laundry, this kind of stuff. You know, maybe, maybe you build up enough credit and you can probably get a bunch of people to help you move, this sort of stuff. Hmm. So that's that's the setup, and 
yeah, the way I'm, I'm kind of envisaging it, there was a a Bruce Sterling short story that I'm going to horribly mispronounce the name of, but uh, Manasheki Neko, which had this done as effectively loose networks of people effectively just doing favors for each other. Mm. And, you know, that story took a very different take, but it's, it's, the same, it's the same sort of idea. It's doing a favor for somebody who you might not know on the assumption and the understanding that at some point that favor is probably going to come back to you. So that's the setup. And yeah, presumably to have this thing actually work, you've got to have reminders, you've got to have a certain amount of tracking. And I figure just because it's cool and science fictional and works for what I want to do, there's probably some level of implant. So maybe it does a little bit of health tracking, um, does, does, does all of that good science fictional shit, and will pop up with a little reminder to say, hey, you need to do this. Which then gets us into the circumstance of, I know, knew there was something I was supposed to do, but I can't remember what it was, being a very unusual thing to say because nobody forgets stuff. You literally mm. have a system built into your head that remembers things for you. So how mm. on earth do you forget something? Because presumably, in this circumstance, they remember some sort of notification came in saying, hey, can you do this small task? They remember saying, yes, I will do that task. But they can't remember what the task is and there's no record of it anywhere on the system. Hmm. It, it kind of uh, lets the air out of the tires of your um, happy Star Trek-esque future. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I was going for. That basically, yeah, yeah. that this is either this is the wheels starting to come off the utopia, or possibly the wheels actually came off the utopia a while ago, and the systems are desperately trying to stop anybody from noticing. Yeah. It, you could do it as sort of a thing like, oh, could you take this, this seemingly useful or uh, this this paper bag of presumably uh, heart medicine to Miss Jones on your way home? It's just a little detour. And Miss Jones is given the same thing. Could you take this back to the pharmacy so what's-the-face can pick it up tomorrow as well? Because we don't want them walking down the usual route because that road is no longer there. Mm. So make this very elaborate papering over the cracks kind of thing <laughs> that's kind of what i was wondering that sort of you know if you're not sort of being asked hey can you drop yeah can, can, can you drop in and just sort of take the mail to this person like they can actually probably stumble down the stairs on their um uh, on their own to do it but the system just kind of wants them to have some human contact and then that yeah. gets erased because something happened to them and it doesn't want anybody to know hmm or at least, at very least, it thinks it's best if no one knows and is trying to adjust. Mm. And it kind of... This this got vaguely linked in my mind with a something from a convention years ago when uh, somebody was talking about the, the use of the London Underground Network in particular, but sort of subway systems in general in stories. And mm. that they unless something actually happens on the subway trip, they functionally work like a teleporter. Yeah. Which kind of, at the time, gave me the thought of, if you use that analogy, and you sort of go with the easily demonstrable fact that people tend to go to the closest convenient tube station, and indeed, that people don't really know the geography other than what is immediately around those tube stations... With a bit of manipulation, can you basically take an entire suburb out of commission? And sort of connecting it to this, if you are plugged into these social tasks and can steer things around, are there entire areas of the society that nobody actually goes to anymore and nobody knows about? Like they don't even know they're not going there. Hmm. It strikes me as that the, the, the wireless who get your, your libertarians, conniptons, the social credit overseer system is do maybe just doing the best job it can with this horribly untenable situation aside from the fact that it's neglected to tell anyone that reality is crumbling or you know people or buildings or streets are disappearing at random and it's just trying to cope mm. that, that, that's kind of what i was going for i couldn't decide whether it was yeah whether it's trying to cope whether it just has no capacity to tell anybody that nobody actually thought that the one the one thing the one system that might actually notice there's a problem is this small social task management system 
It's mm. somehow the only one that's noticed, and it can't tell anybody about. Mm. Yes, or it, the entire system is um, so like a hapless friend computer. It's so concerned with the well-being and well-adjustedness of the, the inhabitants that it can't tell them this something this terrible has happened when it can do anything else about it. And that is where the, the PCs come in, where they go, wait a minute, wasn't I supposed to do something? Yeah. Mm. Intriguing. And it's a bit Shell Beach. Was it Shell Beach from Dark City? Yeah. The place that everybody knows about but nobody's ever been to? It is a bit. So that, that's where I went with that one. It's sort of dystopia that either is falling apart or already has fallen apart but nobody's noticed yet. Maybe it's the reality that's got all the chunks missing out of it from the previous idea. Ooh, nice. Yes, I'm not a hundred... Actually, system probably isn't that... Im... System probably isn't that important as far as the idea goes. It's probably more important for the GM to figure out what is actually going on and then choose a system that supports that. Yeah. Or at least supports the players doing what they want to do, even though the problem might be outside the normal scope of the system. Hmm. Yeah, there's this alien invasion, reality dysfunction, glitch in the matrix and the entire system is breaking down. Yeah, it certainly feels a bit like that. I mean, there is a there is a frisson of horror in the... Everyone accepts that this is how things work, and it's is completely... Despite the fact, you know, that the world would work a bit better if everyone helped everyone out and just did some, you know, simple, simple things to make everyone else... To, to help someone else out would, would be great. But the idea that it's all kind of controlled autonomously is little, something we may have to get used to or smash all of the computers. Uh, I'm not advocating for either position, but, you know, you have it's, options. It's, it's nice to know what the options are. <laughs> uh, yeah, sort of a, okay, we'll call that point A, we'll call that point B, we're looking for somewhere in the A-B range. Yeah, Teddy Gord's Butlerian Jihad, but, you know. <laughs> I... I, I remember an episode of the Stargate TV show where there was this quaint, pretty little village in a dome, basically a force dome protecting them from actually pretty nastily toxic environment outside. And everything is warm and fluffy and, and, and everything is lovely. And basically somebody, the team spoke to just isn't there the next day and nobody remembers their existence, not even that person's husband. Oh, and yeah, what it eventually turns out is actually the power supply is failing. The village used to be much bigger and the systems controlling it have basically just been cranking in the force dome to sort of maintain what, they, what it can. And um, because there's that whole population thing, it's just been getting rid of them. Well, yes, it's just it's maintaining equilibrium. Indeed. Yes. But that's also the, the same basis of the joke. It's like, when their number fell to eight, the other dwarves be- began to suspect hungry. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am still mystified as to what the players do to fix the Matrix, fight the aliens, or repair the timeline, or whatever it is, and whether they're working apart from, with, or against the helpful People's Republic of China social uh, credit index system. Because <laughs> I, I, I feel that, that people will... Uh, there will be some bleed from people's regular feelings about those things. I think... I mean, either just have it be in yes, let's smash the, smash the system altogether and just go back to hating our neighbours as God intended. That's sort of option <laughs> one. Um... Let's call it the British way. Uh, and if you wanted to avoid that, then making sure it's framed as this problem that you're seeing is the symptom. The the social credit integration system hmm. is the symptom of the problem. It's not the problem itself. It's just a really big idea. And I think that might... Yeah. That might distract people for that way. If I was doing this, um, yeah, running this as a game, you've, cle- you've clearly got a reasonable amount of tech and a reasonable amount of, um, of AI and that kind of thing. So I would either go sort of lean harder into science fictional and go with 
some sort of stealthy alien invasion, maybe not even an intelligent or 100% intelligent alien invasion, but there's some mm. sort of infiltration shit going on that the system is trying to compartmentalize and it's doing the best it can, but it doesn't really know how to deal with the problem into the PCs. Or if you've got players who are, are willing to just sort of embrace the complete weird version of it, go with some sort of reality dysfunction failure, kind of 13th floor Matrix style. Hmm. But it's, I mean, it's effectively, it's effectively the setup of you set up the society and then you break it in front of them and leave them to figure out which bits, effectively which bits they want to keep. Do they actually want to keep this social credit system? Do they want to keep their entire society? Hmm. Do they do they use this as an opportunity to access the inexplicable subtunnel that appeared underneath the park and get to the outside of the generation ship? Hmm. Yeah, I like his idea, but as I say, it's one of those things that the that part of the setting is so big, people may latch onto it going, this is the wrong thing. Clearly the terrible thing is the restrictive system that we live under. We must destroy that, not really focusing on what the problem is. That's valid. Uh, um, yeah, you probably want to have a plan B just in case they go with that. Yeah. I mean, in fact, it might be an interesting empathy game <laughs> or something similar to, to you know, say that, you know, just point out that their characters have only ever known the system, and why would what, what basis would they uh, would they assume that there was a there was a better one? And they say this and this and this. And they go, Ooh, yes, we live in a society. So, yeah, yeah, interesting. It could, I think, it, it's got potential. Certainly, I'm just trying to figure out for good or evil. Or as I'm just that live in a society just reminded me of the from the Simpsons of we live in a society of laws, young man. It's time you learned that. Why do you think I dragged you all to all those police academy movies? For fun? Well, I didn't see anybody laughing, did you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Okay, interesting. Well, that's a that's a that's a challenging one. At least... It's what we do. <laughs> we have challenges. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that sounded wrong. Okay, so what have you got? I scrolled down a bunch of things that it made me think of, and mostly it was like you know, axons of your brain are hardening and and, and slowly become uh, so. You, Send you down the path of uh, civility. Wow, that got dark. <laughs> I can't really make a game out of that. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad, to be honest, of, of that fact. Yeah. I don't know. The, the idea of having a game, you just take words off the, pl- off the, off the, the players um, that they, they can no longer use as things start to uh, decline. That would be pretty grim, though. Yeah. <laughs> the general light... It's also it's I felt I felt a bit attacked, but I also have the general feeling of anxiety that did I do something? Have I forgotten it? I've probably forgotten something. I keep a notebook for just these purposes. <laughs> I think possibly the most entertaining application of this would be a probably a bit of a spin on our James Bond episode from many years ago. Mm. Um, effect- effectively, you have the world's greatest visionary genius. He is. He is lauded the world over for having this amazing creative insight and having all these brilliant ideas. But he's extraordinarily forgetful. So he has to have a retinue of almost as brilliant people following him around, making sure he doesn't forget, like, pants and shit like that. Okay. And it would kind of be a slapstick kind of... It might use something like the the flashback thing for Blades in the Dark and so forth, but the idea is more that the players are desperately trying to maintain the image of this this person who has generally made great contributions and still will make great contributions, but people's expectations of their basic functioning a little higher than what might be the case. Okay. I, okay, I, no, I, I, I see where this is going. I mean, it does put me in mind of the old joke of, you know, my father thinks he's a chicken. Why haven't you taken him to a doctor? Well, we would, but we need the eggs. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know. You, you could make it a bit of a dark thing about the um, celebrities getting high on their own supply and, and people who surround them, um, assuring them that, that making various announcements are uh, 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 great because they're inspired and they've got these wonderful ideas and so forth and the rest of the world's going, what? 
<laughs> no, it's a brilliant idea to do a TV interview in which you claim to not be able to sweat and that you were at a Pizza Express and working. Um, hypothetically. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're going to, if you're going to make a, a topical reference of that nature, that's perfect. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, so moving, moving right along from that one. Yes, so I guess it would be a bit like the game Lemmings, except for you know what the genius is supposed to do, you know what's on their schedule, but you have to anticipate where they're likely to go off the rails and ensure that they are nudged back on, and it might use something like the Apocalypse World thing where players roll to, to accomplish things based on their, their stats, but the GM basically has a, has a, a menu of hard moves to make against them, when those roles don't go as well, or soft and hard moves to go against them, when those roles don't go as well as could. Could be expected, or could be hoped yeah. for. Okay, yeah. yeah. Thinking the the trick, the trick with it that I can see is you would need to be able to walk that line between amusing slapstick and frustrating stupidity. Mm, yeah. Uh, and I have played in and probably run way too many games where it was more it was far too far on the frustrating stupidity line of this. Where oh god. Okay, so this is basically a escort mission from every annoying shooter ever. Oh except wow, yeah. what you're doing is carrying their trousers. <laughs> Actually, true story, today I'm I'm going back to play the Witcher video games. I've played a little bit of the first one a while back and now I'm reattempting it after after having maybe only got a third of the way into it, maybe nice. And there is a escort mission where, as a recently, a, a currently coming, recovering from amnesia, Geralt, you have to take a barmaid from one side, pretty much halfway across the map, through a space in which they are currently glowing, you know, foxfire green spectral hounds called Bargas appearing at random, among other things. So it was it was your your typical aggravating escort mission, especially when like two sets of these things would spawn simultaneously, and you'd be tripping over them and your your escortee trying to to execute them in a flashy way with your sword, and it was a bit of, it was all bit bit of a shambles, especially since cutscenes would trigger on one set of dogs, and you may have been concentrating on. That's your dogs before the other ones, because just where they happen to be, and you're trying to make sure that you're the person you're escorting survives. So you know, girl up confidently saying, "It's all right. They're all dead now." It's like two or three of them peering over his shoulder jauntily, and because the, the um, those cut sequences, those particular cut sequences are done in, in engine right where you are standing. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like hmm. maybe maybe look behind you. It wasn't quite comical enough for a screenshot of the idea of saving just to photoshopping around so they're all kind of like poking their um their heads over the, the yeah possibly holding a knife and fork each yeah yeah so that's uh yeah that first that first uh crack at the witcher game they spring a lot of um like aha i have killed those two bad guys outside of the house i've supposed to go into the house now the this the dialogue thing tells me to i go into the house there's four people killing me and i put my sword away first thing i do <laughs> it's like uh yeah. awkward very awkward yeah i know it's like and, and apparently uh, you can get through that it's just would have been a lot easier if Geralt had decided to invade the uh the the, the enclosed space full of the the brigands armed <laughs> sword out yeah. Not at the bottom of his pack, underneath his underwear. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, indeed. It, it will take a, a bit of tone. I guess making the character's abilities to underrail the genius quite powerful, but, you know, maybe maybe stressful. Maybe it's that they're, they're, uh, they, spe- they, they have specialties and they can help one another. Uh, I, I, like I said, like I warned you, that Blades of the Dark is kind of springing to, to mind. People covering different kind of quadrants of the of the, uh, of the situation and so forth. And maybe, ah, but I took care of this beforehand. And you can do a sort of like a flashback mechanic to that. Because that's the kind of thing that you might be able to work okay. with. Okay, yeah. yeah. I get it. Okay. I don't know if it'd be as appealing as being grotty steam spectre punk 
Victorian street toughs, though. I don't know. Not not as much fun, you reckon? Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, the 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 appeal might not be as broad. Mm. I'm also having the horrifying image of this essentially being Rick and Morty the RPG. It might be worse than that. It might be you are Steve Jobs' personal assistant. You're the third one this week. Good luck. Wow, that's getting dark. <laughs> Slight, slightly daffy genius scientist is the preferable option, I suspect, for comedy. Yep, 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 yep. It does seem like the sort of thing where every time the players get... Um, from, from a GMing point of view, for, for comedy value, I think, let the players have a win, have them ideally do be doing some sort of okay cool so what do we need to clean up for that one and then somebody notices that the genius is on tv giving an interview what how yeah maybe it might be some application of whatever magic makes fiasco work might be the, uh, yes yeah maybe slightly less stabby but you know maybe mm. it's a situation where you've all got to work together but of course you want to shine the brightest and maybe <laughs> but without exploding yes <laughs> You'll shine like a star, my boy. <laughs> Let me light the fuse. <laughs> <laughs> Inflate and burn out. Where is this going? Alrighty. I'll put you up in lights, my boy. Just let me retreat to a safe distance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Alright, that, that is an interesting one. Yeah. Yes, walking, walk, walking the line between annoying slapstick and terrifying personal horror. And... <laughs> But I do like it. Okay, so we also had some suggestions for previous episode. Or previous episode, uh, that being things are going down at Disney Town. Who knew that an opportunity to take the piss out of the Disney Corporation and its holdings would cause so much interest and contribution? I'm, I'm shocked, personally. Uh, and so Taz has written in with... And um, this is sort of in, in very much voice-over voice. 2031. The Enforcer targeting systems used hacked facial recognition logic. If you were a combatant and human, you got a bullet in the forehead. Humanity's surviving warriors used a variety of techniques to spoof the AI and give them a fighting chance. To which Ben responded, Ah, the brave furries of the 1st Anthro Division. Their sacrifices will not be forgotten. And you said furries are our last best hope for survival. And to be honest, uh, that was partially inspired by recent episodes of the Worst Year Ever podcast. We were discussing 2020, the election, and how it's going to be the worst year ever. And they uh, related the tale of the alt furs and a straight-up chemical attack on one of the conventions. And the apparently very community-oriented and determined effort that has been carried out in those circles since. I'll link the, uh, the podcast, because it's deeply amusing in a kind of horrifyingly grim way in general, uh, and actually quite uplifting. It sounds like they, uh, a bunch of regular folks, like one of them is kind of a war correspondent and the others are comedians, <laughs> but they, they seem to think uh, that approach is not the worst in the world, and yeah, I can see why. I know I'm going to regret this, but alt furs? Well, basically, you know about the alt-right, and you know about fairies? Okay, up to speed. That's kind of what I figured <laughs> yeah. it was, but already. Okay, that's, that's, that's a thing now. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Indeed. <clears throat> we, we have those now. All right. All right, and John also wrote in with a... A suggestion for episode 135 also in probably it was a time voice over voice it wasn't until the disney corp bought up the last of the entertainment corporations that its goal of world domination was at last in sight that seems unlikely indeed, indeed. i mean their, their, their goal of world domination has been reasonably obvious since the 70s yeah yeah they just dissolved fox so uh Welcome to our brave... <laughs> I, for one, welcome our rodent overlords. <laughs> Flexing his rodent muscles, the mouse that once squeaked, now roared. Spending millions on politicians, 
it soon made the Disney brand the only brand, but it didn't count on the air pirates and their fellow rebels. Set in a post-dystopian world, the game covers the ongoing battle between the forces of the mouse versus the forces of anarchy. Can't say that either side is the good side. Living under the mouse isn't that bad, three squares a day, work is okay if it's tedious, and all the cartoons you could ever want to watch. Of course, there are needs that everyone wants. They are provided by Club 22 branch of Disney Corp. Less said about that, the better. It's a family corporation, don't you know? But the aforementioned air pilots are a thorn in Mickey's backside, stealing IP and broadcasting it for free to all those with off-brand receivers. They also stage raids on various Disney facilities, wearing the heads of their oppressors' mascots to sow fear and terror amongst the, amongst the Mouseketeers. Which side do you fight on? It's up to you. Are you one of the brave little tailors, striding forth to take on the foes of the mouse, or one of the air pirates, trying to tear down the empire the rat built? Wow. It's a lot going on in there, isn't there? Hmm. <laughs> mm. That's a whole faintly disturbing setting. I mean, like we said, that Disney may not be far away from purchasing every... Ent- well, that's the thing. Duopolies are much easier to explain away than monopolies, so they're probably going to like stop at 51% and call it a day. But... Hmm. I know, just getting a really weird mortal engines kind of traction cities in ruins of society vibe which isn't really helpful at all because it doesn't match up with what's here whatsoever i think it's mostly just the airship pirates bit well john added a note about a little back history of what a very obscure bit of disney history and litigation pointing off to the air pirates which was apparently renegade underground comic artists in the 1970s okay all right the the idea of the, the entertainment underground is kind of fun. You know, sort of smuggling smuggling your own comic books onto the shelves, your own cartoon yeah. Broadcasting your own cartoons and then getting the hell out. Broadcasting live action stuff and getting the whole getting the hell out before you get caught. Hmm. Quite how you take down the the, the Disney Corp. I have no idea. Maybe that's not the point of, of the game. You know, maybe it's either escape from this dystopian entertainment extravaganza or um, carve out your own little space within it. If you wanted to go in, oh, if you wanted to go incredibly dark with it or just twisted, you have this group of, of air pirates being the thorn in um, Mickey's backside stealing IP and broadcasting it, raiding facilities and all that kind of thing, and then discovering that they've been made into a TV show. Right, so they've been commodified. There's a, a section of Transmetropolitan where um, Spider-Man is horrified to find that someone's made an anime out of him. Mm. Yes. Magical truth bastard Spidey. <laughs> Indeed, they made him television. Yeah, if you want, if if you wanted to go with the creepy, oppressive aspect of it, no, I mean, effectively, this is SLA Industries, but with better um, branding and less evil. Then, yeah, the idea that the less cor- less edge, yeah, <laughs> possibly not less evil, just le- much less edge. Yeah, the idea that the response of the corporation to raids and pirate TV would be to say, okay, well, clearly there's a market segment there. Let's address it. Hmm. I mean, the idea of some sort of absolutely fully trained, fully organized crack team of Disney Disney assault troops kind of getting into your facility solely to get one of their lawyers in front of you to open negotiations for a show. Yeah. I, I yeah, I don't I don't know what the end game of this one is. I think as a GM at least, I'd want I'd want to figure out a couple of different end games for that in order to to start running it. But I do like mm. the idea, at least at some point, of possibly yeah, yeah, the sort of the, 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 the air pirates trying to tear down the, 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 the mouse empire. And the mouse empire is incapable seems to be incapable of understanding that this is not just another commercial product. Well, they're not able to engage with it in, in any other way yeah so if they can't buy it they'll basically annex it and then start producing something so that whatever impact that it might have had is diluted immediately 
Mm. But they'll first try with, this is, real, yeah, this is really speaking to people. We need to get on this trend. You could make such an annoying NPC for them to deal with. Some sort of indestructible robot <laughs> animatronic creature. Hey! <laughs> oh, I, I'm thinking of it as just like, yeah, just some corporate guy who just completely does not understand, does, does not engage with them in any way other than treating everything they do as this really dynamic, breaking the paradigm pitch for, mm. for a property. He just doesn't understand the world in any other way. Mm, there's definitely a Bill Hicks sketch along those lines. Oh yeah, that's the the rage dolly. It's it's, it's really exciting. Growth real here. Yeah, yeah. That I think that that I think is where I would. That's kind of the mid game of that one. Quite what the end game is, I'm not sure. Since realistically, they're probably not going to take down a corporation that owns most of the planet. So yeah, I don't. I'm hoping somebody out in the audience land has an idea of what the end game for this idea is because it's an interesting one, but I don't know how to end it. Yeah, there's a, there's a few. I mean. Either it's just ludicrous escalation a la rifts. Yeah. It's worked for Palladium for about 30 years, so yeah. Or maybe just surviving, or maybe just the tale that, you know, for one bright, bright shining moment you had your own short movie broadcast to thousands of unsuspecting people, and then, then the um, sky was dark with lawyers and, and briefs. <laughs> <laughs> Sky with dark with lawyers is a horrifying phrase. <laughs> <laughs> the idea is bailing out of um, planes and suits here. Briefcases, yeah, hanging on to briefcases that inexplicably have parachutes coming off them. <clears throat> hmm. Yes. Interesting. Interesting piece of history. And a, yes, a very grubby poster if one looks closely. Um, mm. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, John. Um, and. And thank you, Taz. Yes. I'm not sure where to go with the furries of the Anthro Division. Well, I'm sure there are mill furs. It's, it's, it seems unlikely that a, that there aren't folks who participate in the armed forces and have an active furry life convention or otherwise mm. side to them. So yeah, that so, does seem reasonable. And, and the idea of you know building f- fully tactical fursuits with you know, the 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 I, the uh, Night vision built in and so forth is pretty kick ass. All, all those years of training people to re- click on um, lampposts and buses and the and uh, captures fails when they when they're actually confronted by anthrop- anthropomorphic characters wandering around. I, I am liking the idea for that one, given that it's it's specifically sort of human human combatant. The idea that there are these public enemy number one posters. But it's just all people in fursuits. Because they have no idea what the actual person looks like. Yes, they might, they might have sort of been able to figure out the, the fursona name or call sign, but it's all... In other context, it would seem very silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, public enemy number one, Snuggles. That would be, yes. That would that would be inevitable at some point. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, would be kind of cool. Yeah, I am I'm imagining sort of the secret, the secret signs of somebody's just there with like a little plushy beanie baby or something. A little plushy cow is the symbol of their uh, their allegiance kind of thing. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Alright, well that is... That's all we've got time for? That is all we've got time for. Which I guess leaves us only with the poll options for... The result of the previous poll. Oh, good point. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so, the, the result of the previous poll, where the audience has voted to a man or rather a few of them, and the winner being... Telepathic murder ghosts coming out of the trees. Thanks, Kev. So, and now we have some brand new, well, a brand new poll option for number uh, 138. Your options for your next voting extravaganza are Flip the Mythos, Malevolent Immediacy, the ever unpopular but still somehow hanging in there Power Drift, and X kills Y. That comes to us from Spambot Tony Birch. Thank you, Spambot Tony Birch. It's been a while since we've had a Spambot submission, so mm. go us. I mean, it's, it's suitably generic, which is which is always nice. Indeed. All right. So those are your options. You must choose. 
The fate of humanity may hang in the balance, though probably doesn't. Not that we've noticed, anyway. Mm. Should be fine. Yeah. You know what? It'll probably be okay. Thanks, everyone. Thanks to Taz and John for submitting such glorious content. Indeed. Thank you to everybody who listens. We have no idea why, but we're grateful that you do. Mm-hmm. And everyone, join us next time for Telepathic Murder Ghosts Coming Out of the Trees. Should be fun. Yeah. I, I don't have a funny rejoinder to that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time!